Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast was created to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and remember who you are, light and love. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Again, that's heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 373. Today's interview is all about how to unlock your greatness. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Kathleen Flanagan. Kathleen, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate being here. And we just found out, I love this, we connected through an online podcasting platform, but you're literally my neighbor, like a few minutes away. So how cool is that, that it really is such a small world? It is a small world. I was surprised when you told me where you were. It's like, I know exactly where you're at. It's like, woo, neighbors. Love so it. Please, please give listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Well, I'm in Westminster, Colorado, and I do many things, actually. Right now, I, I have a book that I've written. I'm an esthetician, so I do energy work as well as facials and body care stuff. I have an aromatherapy company that I created, and I also now just created a CBD company that I'm launching called Grandma's Natural Remedies, and it's all about wellness and plant medicine. So it's just CBD. It's nothing, not anything else. So I'm pretty excited that this is getting ready to launch. You are busy. That's a lot going on. Oh, and I do environmental consulting as well. (laughs) I do a lot. And I think that's part of, and I understand that too, being an I consider myself a serial entrepreneur. I'm just a creative. I have a couple of my, my own different platforms and things that I'm doing now, but what ignites you or sparks that flame the most? I, I have a mission and I'm not exactly sure what that mission is, but I have a mission and spirit guides me a lot. So when I started in the my aromatherapy business, I had left the legal profession after 20 years. And I just was told 20 years prior that I was going to get, or 10 years prior that I was going to get into essential oils. And I'm like, I don't know what that means because essential oils weren't even existent. And then I was 10 years ahead of the curve when I got into bringing in natural organic products as much as organics were at that time. But it made me feel good because Western medicine had gotten me sick. And so I wanted, I had to find something alternative to get myself back into where I wanted to be. And, and I was outside, I took scalding hot showers because I had migraines, something fierce and nothing I did could get rid of them. And so I took scalding hot showers and I was on my floor and I said, God, take me now if this is what you, cause I can't live like this. This is no way to live. And I swear within 24 hours, I had a naturopath doctor who got me on the road to wellness. So I went down this world of aromatherapy because a friend had said, did you know, lavender gets rid of migraines. And I was like, yeah, right. Sure. And it did. And I was hooked. And so I got into that business and then I had a partner who I was doing office work for him on the uh, environmental world. And I ended up going down there. I didn't know I would love environmental work as much as I do, but it's the Mm -hmm. earth, you know, it's the Mm -hmm. earth. I'm always working on the earth. So 
that just kind of fit into that while I was trying to get the aromatherapy company. And then spirit, of course, again, takes me on another turn and tells me you're going to write a book. It's like in your dreams. (laughs) That's how I feel about spirit. Some days was in your dreams. Um, And I ended up in Chicago and I became an esthetician right before I went all this because I, all this was, it was just such an interesting time in 2008 when all this was transitioning and I became an esthetician and I, who knew I would love that being that touchy feely. Cause I wasn't into touchy feely and being able and realized I was helping women. I, they were feeling good. They were telling me things. I realized I wasn't alone in that whatever I was doing for them was healing them on a different level. And that's when I got more into sound therapy and spirit was showing me what I was going to do with that. So I did that. And then CBD came along and I was like, yeah, I'm not getting into this regulated world to this degree. And, and then somehow it showed up again and I had all these partners and they all left at the same practically as they came as fast as they came in, they walked out. And the only reason I stayed with it was because I had a couple of animals that I saw amazing things happen for them when they were sick from CBD. And I'm watched what it's done for people with the products that I make because they're spirit infused, they're with essential oils. And I'm just follow what spirit asked me to do. And I don't necessarily say they're crazy anymore. I just say, just bring the money then. Bring the money and bring the people. (laughs) Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, I want to offer you some additional resources. Check out my website, heatherhakes.com and take the free life assessment. This is a great tool to take inventory in life where you're feeling in alignment and abundant and where you're simply feeling stuck, stressed out, or as someone recently emailed me, completely ruining their life. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. Again, check out my website, heatherhakes.com and click on course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one coaching. I will teach you what has taken me years and tens of thousands of dollars to learn in which you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free strategy call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now back to regular programming. Yeah. And that's what seems to be happening because it's like, I'm just flowing into it and it's like a whole new world of excitement because it's, it's new. Yeah. What I was going to say, I think it's important to highlight is when you were at that bottom, when you were in suffering and pain, you asked for help. And that's what I have found for myself. You know, when I'm in this mental fog or monkey mind, or I don't know what to do. And I'm in this situation and I'm in my head. And the moment I'm like, can you show me a sign? It's the messages come to me. And this literally happened for me last night. So I was in my own just kind of head spin swirling, not knowing what to do. And I did, I, I took my dog for a walk. So I got into nature and I got moving, but I took her for a walk. And then I, I was like, can you just show me a sign? And I got back and I had received a message from somebody who does not follow me on Instagram. And the, the message they sent from a quote stranger about mindset and magnet and that we're creating. And I was like, holy shit, that was the message I needed. But all I did was ask. And what I've learned is Holy Spirit, guidance, uni, God, whatever, whatever you resonate with, will not step in and help because you have to ask, right? It's our free will. Mm -hmm. 
So maybe can you hone in on that, this whole, and I have a note here that ballroom dancing changed your life. It did. Why? (laughs) Oh God, I was in the pits of hell as far as I was concerned. I was ending a relationship. I was, I was building up my business, um, aesthetics. I was going more into aesthetics. I was frustrated. I was angry and I didn't know what to do. And I was like, I've got to do something. I've got to change my mindset. I'm putting on weight because, you know, when you hit the magical forties, your body starts changing. And I just was like, I have got to do something and I am so not exercising. So I was like, what would you, what do you want to do? And I'm like, and I was always a dancer. I always loved dancing. So I decided to do ballroom dancing. And it just started to change my life because I was having movement. I was doing something creative. And when I changed dance studios, probably about a year later, I met this um, 24 year old dance student um, instructor. And my first thought of him was a little arrogant. And I told him, we talked about it. He was like arrogant when he walked out. They're like, yeah, okay, typical dance guy. And when we touched, when we got into dance position, he actually touched my body where the other studio, we were always at like a six inch difference and ballroom, you connect bodies. Well, when he did that, something electrified in me. I swear every chakra center just went all the way up. And I jumped back and said, what are you doing? I mean, I freaked out on just getting in dance position. And I was like, what? And I'm like, that is not what happened here for me. And what I learned from that, I mean, it did. Everything lit up. Um, My mind started going. Um, I was receiving tons of messages from spirit. My energy was uh, escalating. And there was a whole new um, dance of life. I was learning the dance of life Mm. and how people intermingle. And if you can dance with someone, you can live with them for the rest of your life because it's because my partner and I, we try to take dance lessons and I wanted to shoot him because he wanted to control me. And I, and I just stop it. It was just stop it. And we had instructors trying to get us to work through it and it wasn't working. It wasn't working. It was just, no, I can't be controlled and you're not being controlled And I was always afraid I would be danced into a wall because you can't see behind you. You have to trust your partner. And I started realizing how much I didn't trust anybody, including me. I trusted nothing. So this was a huge eye opener as far as the lack of trust that I had. And he promised me, he said, I will never dance you into a wall. And the one time when he came close to a wall, what did he do? He spun. So he landed in the wall and not me. And I was like, wow. I love that. And, and even dance is a metaphor. It's flowing and it's ease. And, but you said it was joy, something you would always love doing. And, and that's what I have found from so many teachers out there. Our purpose here is to follow our bliss, follow our joy. And I remember when I did ayahuasca, the message I got was all suffering is self-imposed. And I believe all suffering stems from thought. But for you, I love that experience. And I just got chills that for in the, in the ballroom dance floor for you, you learned to trust life just from dance. That's just from dance. Yeah. Yeah. So then what did that spin you off, uh, pun intended, 
into other areas of life. Now that you're trusting life, did, did you feel like you fell into alignment and life became flow and ease? Like what happened? It, it, it wasn't, I don't think it was quite like that because I was in such a high energy field that I didn't understand. And my mind was going 10,000 miles an hour and I was searching and seeking for answers. And what happened is a friend of mine at the time called me and I was just starting to do sound. And she said, this thing is going on. I said, oh my God, I know what we need to do. I, got, I flew out to Chicago and I worked on all these people and I had no idea who they were. I knew nothing about their background. I certainly did when they got on my table, I learned everything. And I was bringing down a whole new modality of sound therapy in a way that I didn't even know. And I can travel on a journey with you. If you're in my, in the session with me, you may not see anything, but I do. I see, I walk everything. I know everything that's happening to you. And mm. I can tell you what that is. When I was doing this, I couldn't see, I didn't know anything. I totally trusted. I had all these people were sitting in the room, they'd be freezing. I was on fire. I mean, I worked with a police officer at the time who had been shot and stabbed and all these things that happened. And I was just like, oh my God, trying to release all that cellular pain. Then I had a woman who was raped as a child. It was sexually abused. I had a cancer person. I had, I had a man who was homosexual and he didn't even tell the world. He wouldn't even come out and he was in his sixties and he wouldn't even come out. I mean, all this stuff I found when I was doing the sessions with them, I didn't understand what I was doing, but all I did was pull so much energy in a way that just blew me away and discovering rainbows where some of us are rainbows, some of us are other things and, and helping them to meet who their guide was because we don't see our guides. They don't see us. They see energy. So we don't know the energetic level of who our guides are. And so I was introducing them to their guides. And when I came home, I don't know how I survived that when I think back on it, because I was so exhausted by when I was done. And when I came back, I swear to God, I was invisible to the world. I came home, my cats were like, I hear my mommy. I don't see her. And they're right in front of me. And they're like, where's mommy? I hear her. So my, my energy was so high that I was invisible when I came back. And then I went to Yellowstone. I had no way of knowing how I was going to Yellowstone for a spiritual retreat. I was like, okay, I'm going. I had no money. I had no car. I had no job. I had nothing. And within 24 hours, I managed to get a hotel room, a way out there, you know, the whole thing. And then when I got there, I had all these people come in for sessions that I was able to pay for the, everything there, pay my way back, have some extra money. And I'm like, whoa. And then it's like, you're moving to Chicago. Oh, I don't think so. And I cried. All I did was cry during this period because there was so much coming up for me. I moved to Chicago mm. and wrote the book. And then that was a whole new gamut of everything. So it was just, it was an amazing journey, but there was also a very dark side to that because when you grow, there's also the dark side of you comes up that you have to face and release. And so all that came up as well. Yeah. So I think what that sounds like is this whole idea of evolving or becoming who we truly are. Is that when people get, oh shit, no, that's fearful, that's scary and yep. stay in their quote comfort zone? I would say so. 
because it's not easy to change because as you're changing your world around you is changing. Yeah. You know, your husband or wife may not like you. Your kids may go, who are you? Your friends are like, what's wrong with you? Take a pill, have a cocktail, get back to normal. And it's like, but that's not normal. I mean, we're supposed to evolve. And I think when you're doing that, and especially at an accelerated rate, because I asked to be, I asked to get out of the muck and the Archangel Ariel came in and we had a conversation and I have it recorded. And she said, you asked to be taken out of this. Mm. Yes, you're right. I did ask to be taken out. And so when they did, when I did, they just moved and she said, you know, it's all going to come together. It'll all come together. Just trust it. And then the next thing she said, you don't have to go to Chicago. It was my choice. Mm. So that was the other thing that amazed me the most was thinking this is what they wanted. And it's like, no, that's your decision. So what would you, you, oh, I'm sorry. Go go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask for somebody who feels that they're in this transition period or having major life changes, how do you step into trust and surrender and to be guided? Because I have understood that when you're trying to control outcomes and situations, it's very much fear-based. So how do you let, well, all right, how, you know, people say, let go, let God. How do you let go the reins? Like that Yellowstone example you gave, you didn't have the quote, things you needed to make it happen. And it all showed up for you. And I'm sure you have tons of those examples now. So how do you freaking let go? I just... I trusted something was so deep inside of me that there was no doubt. Now that's not always the case, but that one was the case. Sometimes you just know, and you just stay focused in on, I know, I know this is going to be mine. I know this is going to work out. You just know it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I didn't work to make it work out because I did. I had to call people. I got people who were looking for drivers or looking for roommates. It's because I went to the organizer and they were sharing, you know, they gave me information, but it was up to me to put it together. And I did. I would say the other thing, the main thing is a lot of times I just had to be, I mean, as hard as it was to sit still and be and trust, I did. I pulled out my runes. I pulled out my tarot deck. I did all the things that I don't normally do, but I was like, I was so desperately searching for answers Mm -hmm. and you know, you can't read for yourself very well, but I did it anyways. But again, that was making that connection with me. I'm looking for answers. I'm wanting, I'm finding, I have to find guidance. And I just, I just knew that I wanted something different. And whatever that was, it had to be better than where I was because I was so incredibly miserable. And to the degree of my miserable, about being miserable, when I was trying to unroot myself, it was like I had to, I was pulling my legs up from the core of the earth. That's how rooted I got into the muck that I was in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how did I leave my house at 17 years old and at 50 something, I don't know how to be an independent woman. I mean, I literally saw that about myself and it was like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? And it was just that I lived life and I was living, I was existing in life. I was not consciously living, I was existing. And when I consciously made the choice to change, then it was like pulling it out from underneath the earth 
Okay. I love how you just said that because I feel like so many people are just going through life's motions, numbing out, getting through the day. I did that for years working in corporate. I called it, I just felt like a hamster on a wheel, just going through life's motions. So how do we get out of existing and be this conscious creator and on this high vibe state and then flow and joy and ease? Cause that is reality. You have to, I mean, what I found, you have to, um, you have to know what you want. It has to be that burning desire. What is it that you dreamed of as a child that you, that made you happy? Not what life told you, not what your mom and dad told you had to be. What made you happy as a kid? And for me, when I was a kid, I, it was being a dancer. I loved to dance. It was the only way I knew how to express myself. And, you know, and I even had world-class coaches tell me you could be a world-class dancer if you just believed in you whoa and I'm like what and it's like it doesn't matter how old you are honey you don't believe in yourself enough you have everything and I have been told that over and over and over again you have everything you need to be a champion you just don't believe it so what does that tell me okay well I guess I have to look into that a little bit more but it wasn't about believing myself as a dancer. It was, I didn't believe in myself in other areas of my life. That was just something that present showed me what I couldn't see. And so what did I do? I started moving in another direction of, okay, what do I do that makes this going to help me believe in myself? So this takes a lot of, I, well, one, I think it's humility and, and awareness, but how did you self-reflect and go, whoa, this is where I'm at, but this is where I want to be. What are the shifts I need to make to have this completely different reality? It just sucked to be me for a while. (laughs) Yeah. That's just how I look at it. Because when you're looking at all of that, I mean, you're in pain because you're realizing you're the one who put yourself there. Nobody else puts you there, just you. You yeah. and your thoughts. Yes, mom and dad may have said you were not worthy and blah, blah, blah. They could, and everybody could have said that your whole life, but it's still you who believed it. You took it on. Yeah. And I had to face that I was responsible for my life. And that's not an easy place to go because, you know, victimhood's way easier to take. And well, what about this? And what about this? And I would never think to do this to myself. And it's like, well, maybe not consciously, mm. but you did. And the minute I started facing that and looking at, okay, how can I get out? And I started looking for answers because answers are around us all the time. We just don't pay attention to them. So when I had a water loss in my house, I started paying attention to what was happening. And it was amazing the things that came out of it. Now I was miserable and I was dealing with, um, I had to take a guy to court for a sexual um, assault thing. And that was not easy. And all I did was cry. And it was like, I had to look. And when my walls were down, I'm looking at the plumbing and I'm going, wow, that's what's the inside of me. Because, you know, it's inside. This is my power center. Because when man tries to assault a woman, he's taken away her power. And our power's in our guts area, our creative centers. And so when my walls are down, I get to see like what my body looked like. And even though it was not, it was hard to see, but it wasn't, it was like, oh my God, well, I'm just refixing this pipe over here and we're wiring this pipe here and, you know, and soldering. And it was like, I was like rebuilding my inside. That's how I took it. Mm. 
and I had to take it. And I kept saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. As I cried, I didn't want to deal with this. I didn't want to go to court. I didn't want to do any of it. The best thing I ever did was a face to face that guy in a court of law. And I had a judge who was the most understanding man I had ever met in my life. And I changed so much for the earth because of that. I, I cried. I couldn't even hardly talk. And this, the, the judge had always said, I've always believed that if you harm a child, they live with it the rest of their life. And so this guy wanted to say I was broken. And he says, she is not a broken person at all. Yeah. She's not broken. And you have no right to prey on anyone ever. And it was like, a man did this for a woman. I mean, I was so surprised because that is not how I've ever seen men. Men have always abused their power on so many levels to women. And this was the first time. And that was another huge healing. And what did I do the whole time? I just said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not that I was grateful, but it was thank you because there was a gift being shown and I had to find it. And when I went to court, because the, the woman said, you don't know this now, but you are no longer a victim. You are a survivor and you will know what that means. And I do. And well, it's like, yeah. I've learned that. And, and yes, yeah, sometimes we go through some dark experiences, but it's like you ultimately had to have that experience to go through all of the steps to have this newfound awakening, yep. that literal, you know, rebuilding yourself. And so I think I want people to know that I don't believe everybody has to have you know, a, a rock bottom moment where become bankrupt or these awful, horrible experiences yeah. to wake up. But for some people that is necessary. And something you shared with me that I, I'd love for you to touch on is you, and I, I'm going to mess up your words. So I want you to say it, but this whole idea of that we need to accept our greatness. And so many people are, are just playing small. We are a spiritual being having a human experience. That's the bottom line of who, that's the truth of us. And we are more afraid of our greatness than we are of our smallness. So people don't do big things because they're afraid of who they are. They're afraid their life will change. They're afraid that what's comfortable will be gone. Yeah. And what they don't realize is their life will be so much bigger and more magnificent if they just step into the greatness. Because in that greatness, you establish your boundaries, you see your value, you see your worth, you're loving, you're compassionate, you're empathetic. You're just a whole new being. You're the spiritual being of what we think God is. That's who we are. Yeah. And as long as we stay in our smallness and let our egos run our life and let people belittle us and demean us and shame us, we're never going to step into that. And if somebody's doing that, run just rot because nobody has a right to do that to anyone ever. And that's the thing that I'm probably one of the most passionate about is that if you're going to shame me or demean me or insult me in a way that's belittling, I'll, I'll tell you either stop it or we're done. And I've walked away from a lot of people because I don't deserve to be treated that way. I don't treat people that way. And I, I think it's wrong. And I think as soon as we, the people start remembering who we are, mm -hmm. we can change this crazy world we're living in right now. A hundred percent. 
But a lot of that, I mean, it does take some work. And so it does. maybe could you share what are some daily disciplines you do to keep yourself in that right headspace to keep the reality you want? The main thing I do is I say thank you a lot. I thank for thankful for my day. I say thank you at the end of the day. And if I have any questions that I need answers for, I always wake up with an answer. You know, sometimes if things are bothering me and I don't even know they're bothering me, but I wake up with it like today something was bothering me. And I was like, okay, I guess I have to address this. Fine. Mm -hmm. I'll deal with it. And then I also, um, I know I focus in on who do I want to be. And when I focus on who that makes the how so much easier. So if I want to be a kind, loving, gentle person, then that means when, if I'm angry at somebody, that doesn't mean I'm going to come off as a harsh, nasty, mean, cutting person. I'm going to be more of a gentle person because you can say things in lots of different ways and coming out at anger is not always the best way. It used to be how I always lived my life because I didn't know how to deal with my anger. But now that I'm choosing to be a different person of how I want to be, and my partner and I talk about, he says, you know, there are days I just feel like I take you for granted and I'm not. I, I mean, I still feel that way. I still am grateful you're here. But it's, it's like, it's okay, Kath, because I'm the same way, you know, like we just talk about things of sometimes it's okay that we're like so-called stuck when we're not, but it, you know, it looks like we're in a rut, but it's like, I still love him. He loves me. And then it's like, when I need him to take more responsibility, he does, or I do. It's like, we just seem to balance and flow. And I think that's just how I allow him to be who he is. He allows me to be who I am. And I think all of that helps me to just stay in this present moment because I try to be very present at all times, because I think that's because if I'm present, then I'm in control of my life. I'm not controlling it. I'm in control of it because all I can control and change is me. I know you touched on so many good points there. And that's what Eckhart Tolle preaches, right? The power of the present moment, because that is the only moment right now. We can't do anything about five minutes ago or six months ago. And stress and anxiety and worry is what happens when you're thinking about the future. So if we're always in the now, that alone relieves so much stresses and pressures. Well, I think it helps a lot because, I mean, even with just, you know, this whole pandemic, that's what I call it. Um, <laughs> I stayed present to the best of my ability mm-hmm. to not get into the fear of it because there was a lot of raging rampant fear. I wasn't in, I didn't, I mean, there was anger. Don't get me wrong. I was feeling anger, but I also had to look at that. It also gave me the opportunity to really dial in on me. Who am I? Where am I going? What do I want to be? I don't have to have this pandemic be something I don't want it to be for me. Just because it's here doesn't mean it has to be my world. And so what I did is I took control of being present in it. I acknowledged, oh God, did I acknowledge where I was that whole year. But I grew immensely because I was acknowledging it. I was being it. I accepted people. Um, People tried to convince me of certain things. And I finally, I almost walked away from a lot of people because it was such a dividing thing that happened last year. I mean, with the election, everything, it was like 
everything was up in everybody's faces. And I just stood my ground. I stood in my power, in my space. And I felt strong. And I didn't, it was like, if you leave me, I don't care. I didn't care. It was like, you can't push who you are on me. I'm not pushing me on you. Mm-hmm. And, and I found out a lot of who my friends were that, you know, cause it's like, we can have differences, opinions. We've always had differences, opinions. Why do we hate everybody because of it right now? That's right. what I couldn't understand. Why are we yeah. hating? Where is this coming from? And it's, and I didn't understand it. So I was like, all I knew at that point, just keep loving, just keep loving, show, give a smile to somebody because who knows what they are smile with your eyes because we couldn't see our face you know what yeah. I mean yeah I mean I just you find new ways to just try to touch somebody because we are social people and we are we do need touch I mean it's proven that we well, need touch and here we are isolating and six feet apart I mean I was like that was hard well and right? ultimately you're right that to just spread love and kindness and there was just so much fear coming up and so I think to never take anything personal, but to be able to stand back and let go of your differences and and just see the other person. And so fear-based and have love and compassion for that. And you're right. I equally had a lot of, a lot of friendships and whatever dissolve and that's okay. That's, there's no, no need to judge that you're on your journey. I'm on mine. So I want to ask you, I feel like what, What's that? Are you still there? Maybe it was that it was time for him to end. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, and I love the saying here, you know, people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. So exactly. Yeah. Okay. So question for you, because I feel like we've touched on many different things. What is a key takeaway you want listeners to get from our conversation? Love yourself. Because when you love yourself, you accept who you are, you have boundaries, you're a loving, compassionate person, even if somebody said you're not, you are, everybody has that in them. I think that's an innate ability that we all have. And and I think love cures all and it helps, love does so many things. And I think Mm -hmm. if we can love ourselves, we can love the world into change. Mm. That's a very powerful message. Okay. I have a few rapid fire questions to ask you to wrap up the interview. Okay. First one being, was it, what is a quote or motto that you live by? You have nothing to fear, but fear itself. I know. And I, I feel like, you know, I love the acronym false evidence appearing real, but sometimes fear does feel so real. So how do we not attach to it and, and just observe and go, Oh, that's an interesting I have a key for that one. What? Set an appointment with it. When you have fear coming up into your throat where it's just gut wrenching, you can't move, you're totally immobilized. Yeah. Just say, okay, I accept you. I know you're here. So let's have a sit down meeting Friday at three o'clock and we'll have a conversation about it so we can get this addressed. And fear walks away because it's like, okay, you acknowledge me. Friday at three o'clock, guess who doesn't show up for the meeting? Wow. Just because you sh- every time I love I, that, I acknowledge you acknowledge fear. You're acknowledging it because and say, I, what, mm. and then what the, what does that do? Then you, all of a sudden you can start moving again. And then Friday at three o'clock comes and goes. Cause you remember the appointment, but fear doesn't. 
I love that because now I understand even at a whole new level, whatever you resist persists. So by acknowledging it and then it, it does, wow, it loses power. Totally. Dang. Thank you for that. You're welcome. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Um, the last book I read was from, I have to go get it because I can't remember. It's, it's Joey Klein. And I met him when he was like 16 years old. So it was really interesting that he wrote a book and it has to do with being present and accepting your emotions. Mm -hmm. And he talked about his journey with his family. And I read this and I was like, I so know this. I so know this. I could have written this book, but it was just an interesting take. And it's, it's about, um, and he gives a workbook in it as far as how to stay present with your emotions. So it's like you're dialing in on who you are, what you want, but you're also acknowledging your emotions because we are emotional beings. Mm. And if we deny our emotions and it doesn't matter what they are, all of them, because an emotion is just an emotion. You're the one putting the judgment on if it's good, bad, right, or wrong. And so what he does is he just says, just be here. And so I started doing that, like being really present, but I understand my emotions, I can identify but he's teaching you how to identify your emotions. So that way you don't get stuck or you're going, I don't know what's wrong with me because how many times did I walk around? I don't know what's wrong with me. I just feel like, I don't know. I'm just, Ew. and you know, put a name on you, you know, when you're in the dumps, why are you in the dump? I don't know. I don't know why I feel grumpy. Well, sit down and think about it, you know, put a name to it. And so what he does when he talks about that it was really amazing because it's like, oh my God, I, I learned how to do this by myself. That's why I said I could written a book myself because I did that. And I think it's really powerful for people that are trying to like understand who they are, who are trying to open their hearts and they're feeling things they're not used to because we're so good at stuffing our emotions or closing our heart off. So we don't feel anything. And this is a beautiful way to open that part of yourself back up. And it's done in a loving, gentle, kind way. And you're the one doing the work. Oh, cool. I love yeah. that. Final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? Have fun. Mm. Don't yeah. take life so seriously. Right. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And what a great note to end on. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate being on your show. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.